recording in progress. Well, hello, 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 everyone. I'm Toy Johnson Vincent, the No Sugar Coating Coach. You know something? Uh, it is National Stress Awareness Month. That's right. It's April 2023. It's National Stress Awareness Month. And I got to tell you, um, you must be almost inhuman if you have not ever had a stressful day or evening, whether that's about friends and family, significant others, or what have you. Whether it's financial and whether it's health, but anything that starts with the word health, you know you don't want to be in a health crisis. But imagine you... You're sitting there, your life is going just wonderfully fine, and then all of a sudden you have a diagnosis of cancer. In this case, um, I'm going to interview Michelle Curtis. She is a longtime uh, native of Washington, D.C. She also uh, currently is based out of the Baltimore, Maryland area. She has her uh, doctorates, and again, she emphasizes on psychology, trauma, counseling, all of the above. I have so many notes written down here, but she'll tell you all about it more detail. But in the meantime, she also has a master's degree in mental health and counseling. So for Michelle, it's been about counseling. And I love it because as a certified life coach, I don't have any of those other degrees. But you know what I love about this person? She happens to be family. She is a second cousin of mine. So um, I'm, I'm just loving this all the way around, coming full circle. We spent more time in our youth as a teenager, which is where I learned a lot more about Michelle through my other cousins and uncles and all of that from the Washington area where my own mom, uh, now deceased, uh, grew up. So again, basketball coach, you name it, she does it. And she's a leader, counselor, and if you know anything, there's a a school called the SEED, S-E-E-D, SEED Charter School in Washington, D.C. And today, I want to bring in my guest because she's going to give you her uh, story uh, briefly about being diagnosed with breast cancer and stress and how you, if you're going through anything similar, Listen to this, share this episode on Speak To Me First podcast show. I'm Toy Johnson Vincent, and now I'll bring in my guest, Michelle Curtis. Come on in, Michelle. Come on in. Wave to the audience, because they'll eventually see you. <laughs> Hi, Toy. Hi, everybody. How are you guys doing today? Good, good, and, good. Um, I was Of course, my first reaction was just crying in the doctor's office. 
And then um, he was explaining all this information to me. I have a very good doctor. He was writing everything down on a piece of paper. I guess he knew I wasn't really paying attention. So uh, when I got home and got myself together, I went over the paper and I started calling what he was telling me about the breast cancer. Um, he, he actually had pictures that he drew and what our plan of action was going to be. And so I wasn't completely relaxed after that, but I started relaxing as things went on. Um, the caregivers I had, they actually helped put me at rest and make sure I stayed at ease and at peace. Mm. And then I had family support. But that was one of the hardest things to do was tell your family that you have breast cancer, mm -hmm. especially when you have a brother who's going through MS. Oh, wow. So it was quite difficult. Yes, and that's something, too, that you brought up. Um, yeah, and thank you for sharing that regarding your brother. And, um, you know, obviously you come from somewhat of a large family. I know that now we're older because we spent more time, you know, in, in the youth. And I was like a teenager. And uh, But you're kind of in along with my older brother. But I just tried to tag along anyway <laughs> until somebody told me to get out of here. Uh, basically, when you come and hung out with us in New York, York, Brooklyn to be specific but um and by the way uh, before we even start I get we got to give a shout out to your mom the queen <laughs> from that Sanders uh the, that Sanders people over there um you know hailing from North Carolina okay we got to say that because I know your mom is going to be listening uh to this and uh, we can't wait until she hears it and your daughter beautiful daughter Tiffany I want to just shout out to uh Tiffany who would be my third cousin so hey there we go it is here um okay in the interest of time we're going to get right on to it the thing is you mentioned i want to talk about first of all even before your illness um you know you were just going about your wonderful life um you know obviously you were doing some work that you really loved i mean you have a love for children and and the age groups that you were working with in terms of counseling and trauma uh, and all of those uh, things. And um, you had, you studied, I mean, I just wrote it down here. You have a PhD, a psychology and, and trauma concentration in those areas. But not only that, your master's in mental health and counseling. So it seems to me, it's interesting. I just need your take on this happened to you. Do you kind of feel like you know, why did this happen to me? I'm the health counselor. I'm this, I'm counseling people on different things. And now you're going through a journey of what would have been a health crisis, but you are a survivor. And I just want to know, you know, get some tips out there for people who may be listening and may, you know, encounter this. Did you wind up, feel like, oh my goodness, I need my own counselor. I need something. I need help myself. Did that help you because of your background? Um, well, yes and no. So, um, I have a nurse, they call her the nurse, the breast navigator, so they call her. She's a, she's a RN, BSN, and she assigned someone who had been through this um, breast cancer, the same as mine. I have breast cancer, her positive is what they call it and um, some are negative but I'm positive which means there's some more things wrong, going on and so she assigned me to 
this young lady. And then I have a friend, one of my very close friends, who um, is a, she does um, her, she does things on the radio, and she's she's an RN, but her concentration was HIV and AIDS, <laughs> and so um, she referred me to her friend and line sisters who had cancer like four times, you know, just kept coming back. <laughs> and so um, between the two of those young ladies, they were my, my supporters. And when I had questions to ask or wondered about something, I would pick up the phone and call them. <laughs> they also called and checked on me all the time. <laughs> and then I have a wonderful sister-in-law whose mother had gone through breast cancer. And so when she found out that I had breast cancer, she called and told me what I was going to need, what I needed to drink, what I needed to eat, and that I was going to have days that I felt like I was just couldn't move, and she said, don't move. So the three of these people, you know, outside of my family, these three young ladies helped me with the technical part, like, you know, things my, my family couldn't tell me. Um, my daughter, of course, is my biggest and still is my biggest supporter. She actually had a birthday party where her friends bought her t-shirts, made t-shirts, and it said, um, support team, cancer, breast cancer support team. And they took a picture and sent it to me, you know, to let me know that not only was my daughter behind me, you know, me, but her friends were. So they were giving her support because she's in South Carolina. And as you mentioned earlier, I'm in Baltimore, Maryland, so we're like 500 miles apart. <laughs> so, and she was one of my biggest worries because she's by herself. <laughs> and so after they sent me that and I found out that, no, she's not by herself, she had to her own support team. And so then her support team started sending me coloring books, crayons, you know, the adult coloring books. Yes. So when I couldn't do anything, but I wanted to do something, you know, and I couldn't do anything major, I just colored. And, and I was so grateful for what they were doing as well. Wow. So I had a so one of my tips is make sure that you you have a support team, whether it's family, friends, neighbors, <laughs> caregivers, just people that you can talk to and rely on and you know, when you need to get and get things out. Because at first I was like, Why me or why? What I do, you know. And um as I settled out into you know, having cancer and going through, started going through the treatment, mm -hmm. I realized I was meant to be an example and to lead and to give my knowledge that I learned, you know, and let them know, let people know that it's not an easy thing. It is really hard, mm -hmm. but it becomes easier and adjustable when you have that support team behind you. Right. And what I'm hearing from you several times, the key thing is support. Um, and you know, you may have found this, um, or from time to time, just in life in general, at least I have, where just when you, when you really need people, they aren't always there. And it's interesting if someone has a, a health crisis, they typically run in the other direction. But that is clearly the time where you will find out who is really in your corner. And I got to say this, that includes friends and family. 
I'll say it again for the people in the back because, um, you know, I mean, okay, chemo. Oh, no, I can't go with you to that. Or, oh, no, but I don't have the money to give you for this. Or, no, you live too far. But I think um, people should understand that there are ways to support people as far as what you're saying and what I heard you say, um, including your daughter with her friends, because it not only affects the patient and the person that's going through it, it can affect the family and your friends who you've had a routine, you went to work, your leader, counselor, I mean, you know, in in the school system and everything else, that was a busy schedule. But what about the person, what would you say, Michelle, um, you know, when you, did you kind of find out who you really are through this uh, health crisis that you've experienced? What, what did you learn about yourself, is what I'm saying. So, I'm, I've always been a God-fearing person, you know, and um, I've always had journals, you know, writing journals and things I didn't want people, to, you know, to burden other people with, so to speak. And so, um, I found out that I, I'm not as strong as I thought I was, you know, that I did need to lean on other people. I didn't need to let other people know exactly how I was feeling. Um, my daughter actually made me promise that I would be 100 with her, whether I thought it was going to hurt her, um, upset her. I needed to let her know exactly what was going on with me. And I'm not one of those people who will call people and say, no, I don't feel good. This is, this is wrong. That's wrong. I'm one of those people who just grain bear and I've learned that I have others around me who want to grin and bear it with me. Mm. So um, that was one of the hardest things for me to do mm-hmm. was to share my share my feelings, share my my pain, share my fears mm-hmm. with other people. Even though they're you know my mom, my, my you know, and I felt like she will be 90 in September. She didn't need to hear everything. Plus, she was taking care of you know my brother who has MS. He's living with them, and that's the burden right there. And then, you know, again, my daughter, who I just was like, well, that's my daughter, but I had to keep in mind, but she's a grown woman. She's not a little girl. She's not a baby. And I need to tell her, you know, how I was feeling. And then I felt like I could tell the three other people who, you know, uh, who were, like, kind of assigned to me or took to me because they had it. I felt like because they had it, I could share more with them. Mm-hmm. And then I realized I could share, you know, with my daughter everything because I had promised her I would do everything, and she knows like I don't break my promises to her. Mm-hmm. So um, I was able to, you know, learn that okay, you're stronger and you can share your weaknesses with others. You know, just let them in. Let them in. It's hard, but you know, you have to. Yeah. So yeah, and that's actually what's been helping me. Let them in, even with you. Like, you know, every now and then you would call me if I didn't feel like talking. I, that's one thing I did tell her, like, you call me, but if I don't feel like talking, I'll call you back. Right. And so you can either text me or call me and say, well, how are you doing today? That helps. Even those little things help. Yeah. You don't need to send me money. People don't need to buy me groceries or mm-hmm. pay my bills. It helps. But, mm-hmm. I'm just, you know, there are lots, lots of or- cancer organizations out there that do take care of that. And, yeah. But, um, knowing that other people were worried and concerned and want to make sure I was okay. Mm-hmm. That helps. That helps a lot. Absolutely. Absolutely. 
Well, that's good that you said that because you're being your authentic self. You're saying you're showing up today with the real deal. Um, and I'm Toy Johnson Vincent, the No Sugar Coating Coach. But my cousin Michelle Curtis today, uh, I'm going to say Dr. Curtis, if you will. That's right. Dr. Curtis is in the house and uh, recognize, well, we have a family of educators, including your mom and bless her that she's going to be, you know, having her milestone birthday. So that is fantastic. And and one last thing I want to say on that is, uh, okay, uh, (laughs) we know you're going to be listening to your mom, uh, Helen, right? Uh, So we want to make sure that she knows. And she tells me all the time, she says she loves it that I you know, call her and check up on her, you know, over the years and, and everything, and also conference her in with a, another cousin who would still be my second cousin, it's, <laughs> oh my goodness, um, who's 92. So, um, and I put them on conference calls. So it is about communication. Family um, can't always be there, but you would hope that they can't, when they can, they will show up. And I want to go ahead and turn the tables because it is National Stress Awareness Month. And you and I talked about that uh, on cam- uh, off camera and about it being this month. I think every month should be <laughs> a stress awareness month. If it, I mean, really, if it isn't your blood pressure, because even what I've been going through for the past, uh, honest to goodness, for the past year, probably longer than that, and I'm a very private person, so nobody would ever know that whatever I was going through. Um, but I can tell you, I'm glad to be here, and I'm glad that they didn't have to put the pressure cup on my arm every day, because if they did, they probably would have rolled me out of here. But this is the thing. Medication, everything changes. Um, obviously, when you go through a health crisis and it is National Stress Awareness Month, what are some tips you have for just keeping stress-free? And if not stress-free, especially if you're battling a health crisis, you're obviously in recovering and doing what you're doing. But what maybe um, you know one or two tips that you can give to someone that may be in your situation or just in general, because it is National, uh, you know, Stress Awareness. Right. So, um, one of the things I would tell everybody is seize the day. Live each day to the fullest. Like, enjoy it because whether you have an illness, mm-hmm. whether you are stress free, tomorrow is not promised. And we've seen that going through pandemic, losing people because of pandemic, mm-hmm. um, losing people just because of natural causes. Take the time, like they say, smell the roses, you know. Like, um, you may not be able to go anywhere or drive anywhere, but, you know, you may be able to take a walk outside, front or back. You know, enjoy the people that are around you. Everyone, wherever you live, apartment, whatever, you have neighbors. You know, check on your neighbors, say hi to them. Um, Just do things that are just, you know, don't take any time. They don't take any money. They just take, well, they do take time, but they take your time, your personal time, mm-hmm. just to say, just pick up the phone and call if you're not able to get outside. Just check in. That's what I, you know, that's one of the main things, because I know that I've lost several people during these last two and a half years. My stepmother passed away in December. I couldn't even get to her funeral um, because I had gotten, you know, I have good days and bad days, mm-hmm. and I couldn't plan to fly down there because I was having a, a, a week of bad day. Okay. So it was just like, so, um, but I, you know, 
her cousin, you know, talk to her as much as possible. But I'm just saying you never know. So just try to check in on people mm-hmm. and try and, and check in on yourself. It's called self-care. Mm-hmm. Make sure you do self-care, whether it's sitting in a sitting in a tub of bubbles with candles around you, mm-hmm. with some smelling some good smell lavender is one, a good smell, mm-hmm. eucalyptus. Um just you know, take care of you. Yeah. Because if you don't take care of you, you don't, you're not going to help anybody or be that supporter or caregiver that you may have to be someday down the road. Mm. So self-care is the first thing you need to do. Mm-hmm. You know, so, and um, that's something I've always done and I pride myself on doing. But since I've had, I was, since I was diagnosed mm-hmm. with breast cancer, I found it, you know, that I do it more frequently. Like, I was doing massages. I was having aromatherapy. I was having Reiki therapy, healing touch. Um, just reading, writing in a journal. Just, you know, like, if you're mad, no one know, anybody know that you're mad? You had to put it just some paper and a pencil and just write what you feel. Mm-hmm. Even if it's one word on each line or just a bunch of words that don't even make sense going together. Get your feelings out. Yeah. Self-care is one of the days. Get it down on paper. Hashtag self-care. Check in with people. Even when you think you say you want to be so private. Um, because I know that from a family perspective, uh, we are pretty much with private people. I mean, you know, like my, my aunts or great aunts and, and, and uncles and all of that. We didn't just shout out our business to the world. And we would never really say... Oh, oh, I'm, I'm ill or I'm having a crisis. I mean, that right. we, you just didn't, we don't, <laughs> you know. And, um, and, and of course, the way I grew up also in New York, it's kind of like, uh, look, if you're dealing with a crisis, you, here's what they'll sell you. Well, deal with it and call me later. <laughs> you know? So it's just that, again, um, you know, from a cultural perspective, sometimes people deal with things in different ways. And we understand it because it, we're acknowledging it's uh, National uh, Stress Awareness Month. Let's face it. If you if you feel the same way I feel, I feel that every single day you have to learn how to manage the stress, the points, uh, the, the blood pressure cup. I mean, we have chronic diseases, particularly in our community. Um, You know, even me being type 2 diabetic, uh, you know, I don't always do the right things. I just don't, right? Um, And I just said I've been stressed for like probably over a year, but I'm glad to be here. So uh, I guess the cuff is working. (laughs) But essentially, you know, um, I'm just... I knew that we, I knew it would get you one with him. You know, reality will set in for a lot of people. I want to ask you, um, we're going to, before we, you know, close out, I wanted to to talk, because this is important. Have you thought about your diet and all of that has changed now in terms of health from a food perspective? Are you doing something completely different? You know, you used to eat this, but no longer. I used to eat that. I mean, has anything changed? Did you just kind of lose your feeling for what you love or have you managed to, um, you know, push through with whatever you want? So like you, I'm also diabetic type two. So that had already changed in how I eat and what I eat. But when I was diagnosed with cancer, I was told a list of things that I definitely can't could eat. Mm-hmm. Of course, they're everything I love. Sushi, mm-mm. you know, oysters, 
still be sitting outside of a, a Waffle House IHOP and anything else I could find for my, my pancake. But, you know, uh, thank you for sharing that because obviously um, what you have gone through and may still have things that you obviously have to take care of your health in a very different way than you were prior to being diagnosed. Um, it's just all extra now in your life. Um, you know, before we close out, I want to talk to you, just ask you, you know, with all that you have learned about being diagnosed, uh, you know, your mindset, something has to change because you cannot be the exact same person you were. At least I don't think so. You know, that you were prior to being diagnosed. So I'm going to ask you before we close out, what is the difference with Michelle pre-diagnosed then now, and then give us, leave our audience with um, your best resilience 
tip? I think the biggest thing was for me to go from being a real private person to being able to share my fears and my and my pain with others. You know, you know that that are my family and um, stop worrying about how they will how they will be affected by it because I'm the one I had to put me first. Because I'm the one who needs them more so now than I did then. And so that, that changed a lot about me, um, being able to share. You know, because again, like, as you mentioned, we are those type of people. Our family it is that type that keeps everything in. And so um, I've been able to share. And one of our cousins, Kelly, she is like made me see how much I've changed. She's like, you know, we used to be so distant, we're, we're sister cousins, but you used to keep a lot in, you wouldn't tell me what's going on, but you wanted me to tell you everything going on with, you, with her. So she's like, I'm so proud of you that you've come to the point where you're able to realize that we're here for you just like you're here for us. So that was a major, you know, major turning point for me. And as a counselor, as a psychologist, you know, that's our job. We're supposed to listen. Mm-hmm. We're not supposed to tell everybody our business, our personal business. We're supposed to listen to, you know, your problems and issues. So I had to, I had to actually change and start telling everybody mm-hmm. my business, you know, as far as feelings and fears and, you know, mm-hmm. like on days that don't feel good. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. yeah. I had to let them in. You had to let, and you said that, and I heard you say that before, like if we back up and when we run uh, this broadcast, you will hear yourself saying, you know, you have to let somebody in. And it may not be everybody because it's still your private life, if you will. But today you are going to make, someone is going to be inspired by the fact that you had the courage. And I think just being a survivor, some people call uh, something else. Not everybody says survivor, um, but whatever it is for you, whatever you want to put at the end of your name, um, you didn't let this have you because you're saying, no, no. Uh, you're you're a fighter, courage. I say you're a warrior. That's what I say, because you're still standing, and you're able to globally, you know, motivate and inspire someone who may be going through this, or what we don't have, you know, understand what happens in the future. Someone else is saying, "Well, I was fine yesterday, but I went to my doctor's office today, and." Guess what? So um, I'm thanking you so much. You know what I mean? Because you're speaking from the heart. But I got to tell you uh, now, uh, we're going to end. But before we do, you know, I'm always going to say before we end, before we end, um, because I can talk to you all day. And goodness gracious, um, there's so much history. I do want to make sure that we shout out to a few people because we know Tiffany. uh, You got to shout out to Tiffany, your daughter. Um, (laughs) Tiffany, you're taking care of mom. We got this. I, I know you are. You love your mom. Your mom again. Your mom, uh, Helen, of course. I call her Cousin Helen. I know Aunt Helen, Cousin. We use that interchangeably. Um, and, you know, uh, spending those times with you uh, <laughs> right down near the Rock Creek Park uh, as a teenager. But I was younger. And, uh, you know, of course, the other cousin, um, Hazel, who... You know, you guys were running, uh, trying to run circles around me, but I was from New York. I said, I'm going to keep up with you, too. 
<laughs> trying to <laughs> trying to say stay back there. But I thank you for that for making me laugh because I still have those memories. And of course, our cousin Kelly who visited as well. And I want to make sure that you definitely um, you still take care of yourself. Um, you know, and you're doing all that you can. Um, and you've maintained your faith throughout your journey. So. I've had my doubts in the right on to this show, which I love. Speak to me first podcast show. Folks, you've been listening to not only is she a uh, breast cancer survivor, but I'm going with her other accolades. And first of all, she is doctor and I'm talking PhD. I'm very proud of you. Um, You know, is someone to look up to. I know that you've gone through a lot in your life as many others may have gone a lot through their lives, but not everybody uh, takes the time or is willing to share that portion that was probably the worst days of their lives um, with the world. But you now, people are going to hear your story in about 17 or 18 countries uh, in the next couple of days. So from your episode on Speak to Me First podcast show, including the continent of Africa. So there you go. You're, you're going to be out there. And I know you love to travel. So don't be surprised if someone's listening on your next flight. You and your daughter, you're always going somewhere, <laughs> sharing pictures and everything on Facebook. Take us out, Michelle. Um, tell people, for, well, let me ask you something. What's next for Dr. Michelle Curtis? Anything uh, you got going? Because I know I'm waiting on your book before you close. Well, I don't have anything going. My, the first book is going to be the dissertation. Um, I have five chapters, but I'm on, I've completed all the way to chapter three. So when I'm able to get back to typing and writing, it'll be chapter four and five, and that's going to be published. Um, the, the other thing is I want to travel with Doctors Without Borders. That's always been one of my dreams. And so as soon as my doctors say, okay, you can go, you know, you can start traveling again, I'm going to try to get connected with them. Mm. And, you know, because we're having the war in Ukraine, all these um, natural disasters, all these shootings, you know, mass school shootings, mm-hmm. um, I want to be there helping. I want to be the counselor there helping, you know, to listen to stories. Help talk, you know, talk people down, try to get them to calm down and understand that, you know, they're going through trauma mm-hmm. and all of these are traumatic experiences, even though they're different. Um, um, I may write, I may take you up and write that book, mm-hmm. throw all my journals together and write that book. But yeah. other than that, um, I'm, all, I'm, I'm just going to continue to fight the fight because, you know, it may come back, you know, but knock on wood it is not coming back I'm, you know like I have no cancer right now I'm cancer free yes. and I'm planning on staying cancer free and um 
Yes, absolutely. Cancer free. That's what we love to hear and know. Thank you so, so much. Who do you want to give a shout out to before you leave us today? Anybody? You can name it real quickly. Go ahead. To my daughter, Tiffany, to my mom, Helen Hitch, to a good friend of mine, Tony Miles, mm-hmm. um, to Felicia McGonagall, Felicia Hooks, I'm sorry, um, and, and um, Alma Offley in Boston. They have been there for me from day one mm-hmm. until now. Like, I'm going to make you laugh. Felicia lives in South Carolina. Her family owns a restaurant. And what we would do, because I wasn't eating food, she would send me the menu for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. And I would choose what I wanted to eat. She would tell me a time it would be there, but it was all just fictional. It was just all to keep my spirits up. You know, so like I would choose food, knowing that I'm never going to eat food until I go down there. But that was her way of trying to help me keep my spirits up. Wow. So I really want to you know, say thank you to that family because the whole family, you know, you know, it was a joke and it kept me, it kept me going on a bad day. Yes, yes, so, yes. Yeah. Shout out to those so people. I want to say a shout out to you because you text me, you Facebook me, you was like, um, I, okay, cause how are you today? What do you need? And then um, after I, you know, came healthy enough to really talk. All the love, I can feel it through the screen. Is you're certainly welcome. And again, um, your story, and, and again, um, you're going to help somebody when they listen. And I, we cannot um, let you go before we tell everyone out there: get screened and get screened when you follow the the guidelines. And if you're not sure, talk to your doctors. Because I'm not a doctor, I'm not a clinical anything, I'm just, you know, I'm a certified life coach, I'm somebody that has gone through various types of trauma in my own life, but nothing compared to this right now we're talking about. Get screened early if you have a family history, if you don't know the numbers, just get to a doctor at some point so that you're not waiting. Because I think people say it's just fearful that they don't want to go. The mammograms, they hurt and everything. And, you know, for some women, it really does. It's maybe uncomfortable, but we have to start taking care of ourselves. And I love what you said, um, Dr. Uh, Curtis, is that you said about, um, you know, just let people in, in, in your life. They don't have to be all in your business. That's not what we're talking about. We're just saying confide in someone, just let people know if you're not doing so well, or it's national stress awareness month, you think you're overwhelmed, talk to somebody, talk to someone, call a friend, put things down, make a phone call. And back in the day, we made phone calls. Now everybody's texting. I don't really see you. I don't know what you look like. I don't know anything. I just know what you're telling me you know, via the uh, mobile phone texting. 
So it's hard to kind of figure out if someone really is okay. But um, our audience, as always, will be hoping that you have a wonderful, the next journey in your life. I'm thinking, again, the book or maybe a conference uh, somewhere in Washington or Maryland area so that people will know. And you know, I got to be the keynote speaker at that event. So (laughs) 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 Tiffany might want to be, but I got to tell you, Cousin Tiffany, let me be, please. Well, thank you so much, um, Michelle. Where can people find you? Real quickly, where can people find you? Um, I'm, I'm, I'm on Facebook. I don't have a website. Okay. Um, sorry. Um, I think I'm on LinkedIn. I know I'm on Indeed and LinkedIn, but I have to check my LinkedIn to make okay. sure that I know my password. Okay, right. But you're pretty much on Facebook and I know your daughter's out there. And so you'll be sharing the link. Um, you'll get that soon and everything. And you'll be able to share the link. I do. Instagram. Yes, Instagram, which is somewhat connected to Facebook. But um, I'll make sure I get everything to your page. I'll make it really simple and easy for you so that whoever's following you will see the link, both on YouTube and the audio, which will be found on Anchor FM, Spotify, and wherever anyone gets their podcasts. All right? So much love to you, Dr. Michelle Curtis. All right. All right, take care now. Bye now. Okay, bye-bye. All right. Okay, remaining for Michelle. You can go on out now. Uh, Go ahead and disengage. Disengage your phone. Disengage, disengage. All right. (laughs) Please disengage. You can go completely out. All right, so there you have it. Um, I was talking to one of my second cousins who uh, is a breast cancer survivor. And, uh, you know, I just say she's a warrior. I say Dr. Michelle Curtis, and I just love saying the doctor on it. She has a PhD. I know she's working on, you know, one more couple of things on her uh, dissertation. But, I mean, mental health counseling, she's uh, been in leadership roles in counseling for students at SEED, S-E-E-D, charter school located in Washington, D.C. You know, just look her up. You'll see her. She's in a lot of pictures and everything. Um, You know, just Google her and you'll see what type of work that she's done in the past. And she's probably going to try to get maybe if not in the same realm or something different because, again, um, her life has changed. But nothing has changed about her where her motivation and her inspiration that came through today. Um, I want to leave you with this, you know, on Speak to Me First podcast show. I bring several guests. I've been doing this now for two years. Um, I just had my podcast anniversary. Shout out to all of my audience, both national as well as international. I appreciate you and including the continent of Africa. It's just amazing how far people will pick up, you know, your 
your signal with a broadcast. So I want to just say thank you because again, it's not all about the numbers. I also believe it's about the quality. And I like to continue bringing quality guests on my show to talk about their stories of resilience. It may seem something similar that someone else has gone through and you've heard them on my show, but trust and believe we are all unique. There are no two of us alike, including if you were born a twin. (laughs) So again, you have your own story and you have your own thing, the way you do it. But I just love it that, um, you know, my cousin, Dr. Michelle, Curtis has really enlightened us about getting screened, getting screened early if you have a family history. And if you don't have a family history, I'll tell you, know your numbers. We talked about diabetes, high blood pressure, cholesterol, whatever it is. It is National Stress Awareness Month. But I couldn't be in the more stressful time my own self through my own personal life. But again, um, you know, People can have a smile that's turned upside down, you know? So um, there was a, a really old song. And depending on your age range, you may remember this. I'll tell you, it was Smokey Robinson. And it was called Tears of a Clown. And, and it's interesting because a clown is usually smiling and laughing and silly and all of that. But um, inside, they may be just tearing up, you know? Just maybe it's just whatever it is they got going on. But it's kind of like you're forced to smile. You're forced to look like you're doing okay. And I'm saying this is the month and going forward, you don't need to do that anymore. Just be who you are. And if you do need help, especially throughout this month, there are certainly medical professionals that can help you and guide you uh, to a healthier life than you're having right now. So i like to, again, thank my guest, Dr. Michelle Curtis, who is also my second cousin out of Baltimore, Maryland, also hailed from Washington, D.C. Shout out to the rest of my extended family in that area as well. All of my cousins love you all. And, of course, uh, Cousin Michelle, Cousin Michelle and her mom, who we reference as Aunt Helen, Um, And I do it interchangeably. I say, Cousin Helen, Aunt Helen, you know how we do it in families. But um, technically, she's my cousin, too. (laughs) But respectfully, she is both cousin and auntie. And I want to just say shout out to you and, of course, your husband, Pete. And, um, you know, all of the above uh, people that I know and don't know. Michelle thanks you as well. So the lesson of the day, she really dropped the gems. And I'm just going to say, make sure you like, share, and subscribe to the podcast show. Speak to me first podcast show. Speak to me first podcast show. So nice. I had to say it twice. Uh, Learn more about me and my stories of hashtag resilience, including the loss of my daughter, my one and only child in my 20s due to congenital heart disease. Um, My beautiful daughter named Kiana and her family, our father's family, we all love my little girl. But again, um, I know this Mother's Day is coming up, so that too can be a really tough time for people like myself um, who have lost a child, which is supposed to be the most traumatic loss, according to uh, medical professionals, psychologists, psychiatrists, all of the medical professionals will agree on that. So take care of yourself. Self-care. Dr. Curtis said to you today, hashtag self-care. Connect with me, my uh, website, TJV, empowers you, the letter U.com. Again, TJV, empowers you, 
theletteru.com. Make sure you connect with my guest today. You can follow her on Facebook and Instagram. And she is Michelle Curtis. And yes, I call her Dr. Michelle. How about that? All right. So thank you very much. Have a wonderful weekend. Wonder, starting with a wonderful day and a wonderful week. I appreciate you for checking in on me. And again, thank you for the love for two years and let's go on three for my podcast anniversary of Speak to Me First podcast show. As I say when I end all of my broadcasts, success, success is in your future. Bye for now. Recording stuff.